Welcome to episode 19 of Power, Power Podcast. Podcast. Last time you tricked me with that. This time, <laughs> fool me once. I was prepared. Fool me twice, can't get fooled again. Yeah, I, I instantly just forgot the thing, just like George Bush. Hi, <laughs> right, George Bush. <laughs> um, fool me, can't get fooled again. So, on episode 19, we're talking about low back pain. Uh, we're your hosts, Christopher, Gobbs, CJ, and also special guest, yes. Dr. Paul Andrus. Doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so today's a very special podcast um, about low back pain, um, targeting low back pain. Um, So uh, let's start off with probably some of the causes that lead to low back pain, because low back pain tends to be one of the the highest, um, what would you call it? Most common. Yeah, most common. Um, injuries. Injuries to have. Just don't work out. If you just don't work out, you won't get low back pain. So don't, right. don't be alive. <laughs> <laughs> low don't back pain. Out. Don't sit. Yeah. Don't just stand. Do don't run. Don't jump. Don't squat. It can be good if you don't do any of those just things. Just be a really bad human. Just, yeah. just lay down. If you, if you lay on your stomach with a pillow under your hips, you'll be good the whole time. Though. All you do is breathe. Yeah. Oxygen is bad for you. What, what causes low back pain? Like what a, can a cause zillion things. I think yes. anything. How about things. what's the most common cause for it in CrossFit? That a, what you're asking? In CrossFit. There how, you okay. How about this? What's Cast a couple? Outside. What's a couple causes? Uh, a couple things that can lead to low back pain. Um, about technique when you're uh, doing various lifting oh. type exercises. The easiest thing to point out there is rounding of the back, right? Not not getting the back set before you're doing a lift. Say you're doing deadlifts or is my nemesis or, or you're pulling a clean from the ground and you never set your back never set your core so then your low back rounds and then you got a whole host of problems from there just being in a bad position yeah just being in bad positions yeah. um usually uh let's take deadlifts for example mm-hmm. um i've had a few friends uh actually hurt their lower back with a deadlift mm-hmm. relatively not a whole lot of weight but when you look at their form, seems pretty much okay. What would, what would you say, say would be one of the things that might cause it um, if you have perfect form when it comes to the lower back? Is there any other muscle tightnesses um, that could possibly lead to that? No, this, is, this is all you, brother. Oh, for sure. And here's a, one of the things that I find very common in people is that we have this tendency to be oversensitive about our low back where it's like this inherent weak structure in our body. And so let's say you do a bunch of deadlifts and your low back is sore the next day. That's okay. It can be sore. Like if you did a bunch of bicep curls, your bicep is going to be sore. But if you did a bunch of deadlifts, like you probably are going to have some tightness and some soreness in your low back. And that's all right. Is when we get into like the pinchiness or if it's sketchy. And part of the problem when we talk about pain is, is it pain or is it soreness, tightness, achiness, and being able to qualify and quantify pain. Gobs is rolling away. <laughs> I'll take one of those too. Um, so I think that's, we, there's this, like I said, there's this, uh, everyone's so worried about their low back, like what happens if I stress my low back? And like, it's not this inherently weak structure, like you can back squat. 200, 300, 400 pounds, you can deadlift 200, 300, 400 pounds. Like your back and your spine is strong. Let's not be so hesitant about it. 
it's important to be in good position and always and talk about technique and being in a good place and a good position, but let's not be so scared. Let's get some visitors. And you guys are so when we talk about like causes of low back pain, I think it's important to like really come up with a good diagnosis of low back pain. And obviously, like there's a whole bunch of like, things like internal organs, like you can have a kidney problem that can refer low back pain. You can have uh, uterine cysts that refer low back pain. Wow. But if we're talking about more like mechanical type stuff, use me as an example here. <laughs> we, can use, we can use CJ as an example. Because um, really when we're talking about like what structure is causing your low back pain, is it muscle? Is it joint? Or is it just being in a dumb position? For example, if I fall asleep on my arm in this crazy odd position, like your arm's gonna hurt. The fix for that is just get out of that stupid position. <laughs> what is wrong with you, man? Swallowed wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right, so I think there's value in having a proper diagnosis of like what actually is going on because so many, so often I kind of hinted when we were doing those uh, screenings over there, it's like people will say, yeah, my hamstrings are tight. And I'll be like, are they tight? What, why? Why do you think, like everyone, if you take your fingers and pull them back, you're going to say, my forearm's tight. But does that actually mean I've lost a range of motion in that tissue? Not necessarily, right? And so it's good to have a good diagnosis and evaluation. This is why it's tough and like there's so much there's really good information out there about different issues like knee pain, low back pain, and all sorts of different stuff. But if we don't have a proper diagnosis, then we're really just kind of guessing, playing a guessing game. And it's tough for like the average person to go there, like, how much rotation do you need out of your hip? Well, you need 70 degrees of external rotation. Well, like, what the heck is that? Yeah. But then people will say, well, my, my hip is tight. Is your hip tight? Well, if you have less than 70 degrees, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But if you don't, Maybe you have a core stability problem, or a lot of times, like if you're doing a lot of loading, if you're, if for example, if you're a runner and you get low back pain at two miles into your workout, but that's the only time that ever bothers you, what's the cause of that? Is it more of a stability issue where you just your form tends to start to break down at mile two? It has nothing to do with your hamstring being tight. It has nothing to do with your quad being tight. It has nothing to do with a loss of range of motion in your hip. It has everything to do with you you start lacking stability at the two mile mark. Mm -hmm. So, well, so going through that, so how would somebody, let's say we're talking about a runner here, mm -hmm. how, how would a runner who always has that problem at the two mile mark, mm -hmm. how would they go about correcting that or, or adding more stability at the two mile mark? What would they do to fix that? Well, that, and this is why it's really good to have a, a really good coach who's educated on a bunch of different things. And this is all, one of the things I often tell people is that if you're having problems at a certain, like, Every time I hit two miles, I get knee pain. Every time I hit two miles, I get X, whatever it is, doesn't matter. It probably has to do with something, if we don't have a blatant loss of range of motion somewhere in an ankle or a knee or a hip, it probably has to do a lot with stability. You're just, you're just getting tired at that point and all of a sudden your, your form changes. And then you can start running intervals, mm -hmm. focusing on form, or trying to work at that mileage and staying in a good position. Because like, like I said, with the arm example, like if I'm sleeping on my arm, just get out of that position, <laughs> make a better choice. Um, yeah, so like a lot of times intervals is a good place. Yeah. Awesome having a good coach to like look at your form. Um, Cause you can never unbiasedly come outside of yourself and look at yourself yeah. and see like Tiger Woods has a swing coach. 
arguably the best golfer in the game. At one at one point. Yeah, well, uh, arguably. <laughs> arguably. <laughs> um, but, I mean, Tiger Woods as a swing coach. You look at any elite athlete, they all have coaches. Yeah. The um, so we have that. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at the uh, the uh, different. I have a question. What? So, are we going to treat ourselves differently? Like, is there such a thing as like chronic back pain that just probably won't go away for the rest of your life? You just learn have to learn to manage. Do people experience that in their daily lives? Yes, for sure. Okay. So, is there a, <laughs> a difference between the way we would treat that and an injury? <laughs> Correct. And so there's, if, there's also a limitation of matter. So let's say I've got a guy who's got a bone-on-bone -bone knee, and like he has no cartilage, he's got no meniscus, he's torn his ACL, whatever have you. There's a limitation of matter there because we have a pre, uh, an injury of some degree. Uh, and then your activities should change, absolutely. And so, um, and knowing your limitations there, and it's kind of because it's going to be different for everyone. Like, so I have a, so right now I can think of a guy who has a bone-on-bone -bone knee, but the guy can squat 400 pounds. Now, is that probably a good idea? Probably not. But he can still do it, and he still loves to do it. And so this is kind of the thing: is that when you look at activity and exercise and why we're doing. We always make the best choices for health and longevity. Not always, no. Not always. I, I'm, I'm probably a... Right. But, I, mean, I keep pointing and myself. And this, is, and this is the thing. I wrote an interesting blog on this is because, like, because um, I'm training for CrossFit, and we're training for the Open, and uh, three days before the first workout comes out, I get pneumonia. And unequivocally, doing the Open was a poor decision for my health. But I did it anyway, <laughs> because that's what we do. Yeah, across the <laughs> But I mean, you see that across the board with any athlete. Yeah. It's like you, you powerlifting, you see with powerlifting, you see with marathon running, you see it. And the important thing to distinguish here is that with every activity you have, there's going to be inherent weakness to that activity. So, for example, like my marathon runners tend to have tight hamstrings because they never take their hip to a full range of motion, but their aerobic capacity is flipping fantastic. They also tend to lose strength. So they don't need it for what they're doing, right? Exactly. But that's kind of because we become so polarized where we get really good at aerobic ability, but we have no ability to pick up a barbell or to pick up a laundry basket. I was working with this, uh, uh, he was in the Xterra, I think is a, um endurance race, mm -hmm. but it's like a... It's at least a Nissan car, so... Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but he was, he was a pretty elite guy and like... Uh, um, and he was having this chronic hamstring issue. And I told him to go to the gym and see how much he could deadlift. And the guy couldn't pull off the ground 100 pounds. Mm. Not because it was painful, but because he just couldn't do it. I'm yeah. like, well, there's your hamstring problem, man. You have no ability to contract the sucker. Yeah. But, I mean, this guy has like a, a you know, he can run a 5K in 16 minutes or whatever he can do. And so, um, and so we tend to become really polarized. Same thing with, like, football players, for example. They tend to be really powerful, really explosive. But then they tend to lose range of motion in their hips. 
tend to have concussion problems. That's true. <laughs> they tend to blow out knees. Um, you, you can't prove concussions. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, same thing with like baseball players. Like we, you know, um, we tend to have rotator cuff problems. Basketball players, you know, knees, ankles. Yeah. Crossfitters, shoulders, hips. Powerlifters tend to lose range of motion everywhere, <laughs> and so uh, then yoga, for example, yoga tends like they have great ability to get they they tend to be able to get all the positions they have range of motion everywhere, but they tend to have the inability to be strong. Yeah, they like strength. And so like, what mm-hmm. is? And here's the thing: this is what I love about CrossFit is because we preach all three. So when we talk about your physical ability, what do you need? three really physical ability we need some sort of aerobic ability like you should be able to run a 5k you should be able to swim you should be able to bike a certain like long duration 20 30 40 50 minutes some sort of aerobic ability then the the other one is strength like you should be able to push pull squat lift um so there's there's pretty much seven different strength parameters Mm -hmm. you need um, and then the third is full range of motion of your joints. And so if you look at your fitness regimen, in there, what are you missing? Yeah. Range of motion. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and typically that's kind of where we run into problems. Power lifters, mm-hmm. range of motion, yoga, strength, endurance athletes, strength and range of motion. Usually, uh, like I was uh, reading some different blogs mm-hmm. um, about mobility. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were talking about how how well mobility is for to actually target. Uh, so you should be uh, focusing on mobility just as hard as you are on your uh, your strength building program. It's just not oh, sexy, uh, man. It's not yeah, sexy. It's not, That's the hard it's, part. It's not 100%. sexy. You, you can't do it for time. It's, it's difficult, it's right? It's one of those things that I, I'm a. I keep pointing to myself here. I'm a narcissist. Uh, <laughs> you you don't focus on mobility until it becomes a problem. Absolutely. Issue and, and then you fix the issue and then you quit doing it. Most CrossFitters are notorious of this. Mm. You know, it's like, oh, my back Most hurts. People are notorious. And, and, yeah, mm. my back hurts. And mm. then, okay, this is your problem. Fix your problem. <laughs> you know, but keep addressing it. Well, you fix it, the pain goes away, and you just stop doing it all together. Mm. You know, so that's 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 that's, that's CrossFitters for you. Mm. You know, shoulders. That's, that's athletes. That's athletes. Yeah, in general, but yeah. Unless you're getting paid as an athlete, yes, to then have you address have somebody do it for you. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Because we, we like to maximize, or what we think is maximizing our time in the gym. So it's mm. like, well, I want to get stronger, so I'm just going to focus on doing lifts. Right. But it's like recovery, it's just as important as training. But it's we, more important. Yeah, we're just like, screw the recovery. Like, Absolutely. let's just lift. Like, yep. I want to get strong. Let me just keep try, lifting. Try and clean 300. I'm going to lift myself into mm. oblivion. Mm. Probably what I did to myself, because my back is injured right now. So I probably just lifted myself into oblivion, and now I have 12 weeks of just being sad. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's wrong with him. That's why he has a sad face right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, plus, for most people, mobility is actually really boring. Um, I, for one, have a home gym, and I actually have like, a really small TV in there. But... I have an Apple TV hooked up to it, so I can actually just watch stuff while Ooh, I like phone roll. This guy, huh? It's not really. It's a really small TV, <laughs> low quality. <laughs> uh, it looks like your phone if you just hold it up like this, but it's just far away. Okay. Um, but if you have something to watch, it makes the time pass by. It's like if you're rowing, mm-hmm. uh, rowing like a 5K. Yeah, it's extremely boring. Like yeah. You don't listen to music at least, and it's just it just lasts forever. Kind of feels like right. That's everyone says that mobility sucks to do, and it's like, and then half the time is you doubt what's actually stiff. 
Mm-hmm. And this is one of the things I was saying is about like the range of motion, like having a good evaluation of like what is tight. It's like everyone says, like, yeah, my hamstring is tight or my hip is tight. I'm like, is it tight? Yeah, let's, let's have let's have a good, solid foundation. So, like, hey, I'm actually lost. I've actually lost range of motion here. And then you'd be like, oh, now I can spend ten minutes mobilize this joint, mobilize this tissue, and then you don't feel like you've wasted time. Mm-hmm. You can always test and retest, right? You Absolutely. Test before you do the mobilization. Absolutely. Mobility work because everyone's busy. And it's like if you've just stretched your quad for 10 minutes and it didn't change the mobility of your quad and you just wasted 10 minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's my question for you too, because from, from a coaching standpoint, mm-hmm. um, you have people who have repetitive, well, I lost my, lost my train of thought now. You have people who have repetitive problems, right? So mm-hmm. for me, for me, it's a low back issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do I know, right, that it's muscular um, or it, it, it's spinal? Like how do I know if, I, if it's the actual injury or if it's something I just need to mobilize around? That's tough. It's tough because it's it, a lot of times they're not mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times because you don't typically have a joint injury unless it was preceded by a muscular imbalance, unless you got hit by a train. Okay. okay? Um, and so in 99, unless like we can have like some crazy genetic type malformations and stuff like that, but 99 point, yeah, <laughs> 99.9% <laughs> of the time, your joint problem was predisposed to by a muscle imbalance. Okay, um, and then it's tough because, like I said, like well, a lot of times when we like, is it muscle? Is it joint? A lot of times it's kind of both. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so. And how do you determine that before seeing a specialist like yourself? How, how do we find out, or how do you know if you're in the middle of a workout and all of a sudden something feels funny? Mm-hmm. How, how do you how do you, how do you know if it's muscular, or if it's like, oh, my spine's all of a sudden all whack? It's t- it's it's really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, Typically, achy, like an achiness or soreness or a dullness will probably be more muscle, mm-hmm. um, whereas pinchy, sketchy, unstable will be more spinal okay. in nature. Um, it's it's subjective. Yeah, right? it's, 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 like I said, a lot of times it's really tough. Uh, location helps. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times it's both. Yeah. A lot of times it's both. Basically, a simple way you have to tell, it, well, in my mind, this mm. should be muscular. If you've done 17-1, all those dumbbell snatches, then you'll know if it's a muscular <laughs> low back. So, so, so if you're not sure, yeah. just go do 17-1 as fast as you can. Yeah, just do that once in a lifetime, and then you can compare it to Let's that. See if you can walk for the next four days, right. yeah. get up and down from, from your couch. That's got to be the weirdest feeling I've had in my lower back I, ever in my life. Mine was, mine was my, my erectus. It was more the meat of my back. Like, it wasn't the low back bending over. It was like that just bringing my chest up. <laughs> it hurt so bad. I couldn't even stabilize. It was hurt like, so bad. I would laugh, and then my whole back would just, like, <laughs> collapse. Um, mine was just my lungs. Yeah, yeah you, you had pneumonia. <laughs> and you still beat me. <laughs> you still beat me at that one. <laughs> I slept for six. I did that at work on a 10, and I slept for six hours. <laughs> well, that's how you know you left it all out there. <laughs> I left it somewhere. <laughs> left it somewhere. Um, if we go back to muscle imbalances, mm-hmm. uh, let's, let's take a, um, a quad muscle imbalance, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, physically, one quad is larger than the other. Yeah. Just because maybe a injury actually happened to the one side, or maybe a surgery a long time ago, mm-hmm. um, so physically it is larger than the other side. A calf can also um, translate to this as well. Right. 
Um, how would you go by strengthening or just realigning the muscle imbalance? This is one thing that drives me crazy about people who know they have muscle imbalances. Is like you have to do unbalanced training to fix a muscle imbalance. So for your example, like if you have one quad that's obviously stronger than the other one, you need to test it. So doing some like Bulgarian split squats to actually see if there is a strength imbalance. Because not, a lot of the time if a muscle's bigger, it'll be stronger, but not necessarily. But 99.9% of the time it will be. So if you do, this is why we need to have a test. So let's test it. So if you have... If your split squat on one side is 165 and the split squat on the other side is 205, then absolutely you need to be doing some unilateral training to fix that imbalance. Same thing from front side to, and so just to throw out some quick numbers, like if you take 100% of your deadlift, 80% of that should be your back squat-ish. And we can talk about levers and different things, but in the ballpark, 100% back, 100% deadlift, 80% should be your back squat. And then 68 to 70 percent of your deadlift should be your front squat. Now, if you have a huge disparity between those two, then you probably have some sort of muscular imbalance. Now, I would say when we talk about anterior structure, so your quad and your hip flexor, to posterior structures, glute and hamstring, in CrossFit and weightlifting in general, um, like, like the Olympic lifts. I do see very commonly that we're very strong anteriorly and we don't have a lot of hamstring and glute, okay? And you can, a really simple test is just to look at yourself in the mirror and to see if your hamstring or your quad is bigger. Is that you? No, your dog, man, he farts, he stinks. <laughs> good thing you're over there. Sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, and so you can just see if you, were to, if you were to split your leg in half, is it mostly quad, is it mostly hamstring? Mm -hmm. A lot of times that'll correlate between the lifts that we see. Like if your if your back squat is actually ninety percent of your deadlift, or if your front squat's uh, eighty percent of your deadlift, then you have a problem. You have some sort of muscular imbalance there for sure. Like I said, it's important to have these tests to see if it's actually true. Mm -hmm. Same thing with strength. So yeah, the um, that is bad. Yeah, it's always you. <laughs> Good thing I'm not I can taste it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can smell it. You can taste it. A couple, couple last things. Um, the last short thing for the muscle imbalance. Yeah. If you're training the muscle imbalance, mm -hmm. would you only target that one specific side that is yeah, possibly so, has the imbalance, or would you train both sides as well? So, for example, with your with your quad imbalance example, mm -hmm. absolutely. So you'd be doing like if your right quad was bigger and then it was weaker with the test of the split squat. So I like to like, do like a four or a five rep on mm. each side, that's pretty good. Um, and try to work up to a maximum effort. And if you actually do find a pretty big disparity, then you're doing single leg on the left mm. or whatever is weaker. So targeting more of the weak side um, than the stronger side. So Absolutely. you probably want to attack it like the same way you would if you tore your ACL on your left side, right? For sure. It's going to atrophy for a while. They have to build that muscle back up. So same kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what did you fart to? Yeah. <laughs> uh, last um, couple things. Um, so we have how to avoid it, um, some of the form technique-wise that we've already covered, um, how to treat it uh, when it comes to muscle imbalances, things like that and what can possibly cause it. 
Um, if you have low back pain, or let's say if you had it, um, it was prominent back in the future. I mean, no, back in the past. Back in the future. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really weird sequel. Yeah. It was, back in the future. It was prominent in the past, but now it's not as um, apparent, or it's not relative anymore. Uh, would you say, if we go back into strength training and uh, weightlifting, um, what would you say was the kind of perfect amount of time for actually transition back into a weightlifting program? After an injury? Yeah, after an injury, after you had low back pain and it was uh, severely affecting you. Don't answer this question. That, that's really tough. A good coach will always say it depends mm. <laughs> um, because it absolutely depends. And it kind of, it, if you just strained your QL, I mean, you could be back uh, weightlifting the next day, depending on how bad the strain is. But if you blew a disc in your low back and you needed to get that disc resected, surgically I mean then you're talking 12 14 16 weeks I mean so mm -hmm. I, I mean it really depends on one the diagnosis and the severity of the injury um, and then the work like the the volume of work that athlete has done in the past okay and so it really depends because we've I've had people that have had low back injury and they're, uh, and they're low back injury and they're in the next day squatting and I've also had people who had a low back injury and they haven't they've been out for three months it really depends Subjective, right? I don't know he's doing it, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Let's close this thing out. Um, so today we talked about uh, low back pain, uh, what can cause it, um, how to avoid it, treat it, and a little bit about muscle imbalance as well. Um, so today was episode 18. Next week we'll hit you with a, another episode with different topics. Episode 19 coming at you next week. On Power Up Podcast. Remember, you can always find us on YouTube on our YouTube channel, CrossFit Mob, uh, for the video version. Um, and also, you can find us on iTunes and podcast.com. And, oh, and you can find us at uh, metairiehealth.com, and I'm on all the social medias at Paul Andrus, Dr. Andrus. Um, or just stop, stop in at Mob. Come train with us. And Enders is E N D R I S S. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, and if you, uh, this guy, this doctor, makes some pretty mad uh, food as well. <laughs> Chef, <laughs> Chef Wars to be continued. Yeah. <laughs> I make a mean omelet. That's all, that's all I'm good at. Breakfast. I do breakfast only. Omelets and the grill. We'll Maybe see you next uh, week I'm on Power Up Podcast. <laughs> Thank you for listening.